Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing Alice in, Ward- Alice in Borderland, not Wonderland, but Borderland. Alice in Borderland is a Japanese science fiction suspense thriller drama streaming television series based on the manga of the same name by Hiro Aso. And I do not speak Japanese, so uh, bear with me on the name pronunciations as always. The star, uh, the series stars Kento Yama- Yam- Yamazaki as uh, Arisu, a young man who finds himself uh, lost in an abandoned Tokyo. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, synopsis. Um, in an abandoned Tokyo known as Borderland, alongside his best friends Chota and uh, Kirobi. As they begin their search for civilization, the trio quickly finds out that they are trapped in a city in which they are forced to participate in risky, violent, and dangerous games, pushing their own emotional and physical limits in the process to survive. Um, the series uh, premiered on December 10th, 2020, um, where it was met with generally positive reviews from viewers and critics. Um, it's already been renewed for a second season, and at the end of this first season, it definitely feels like they were setting up for a second season. Um, so I wanted to talk about this because I've been kind of looking at some like niche foreign um, Netflix series, and it's foreign for me because I'm in the United States. Um, but we had just covered Sweet Home, which was a Korean, like, monster Walking Dead type series that was on Netflix. I, uh, actually relatively enjoyed it, but then I, um, stumbled across Alice in Borderland, and I was like, all right, um, this is looking like some pretty high dollar, high con, uh, high concept, or low, I think it's low concept if it's, like, craziness. Yeah, I think it's low concept stuff, but, um, yeah, it was entertaining to say the least. Um, so let me see anything. Da, 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 anything else we need to say? I will say this. This feels like Escape Room meets Saw in Tokyo in the future, and then and then you're good. You just blend it together, and that's what you got. <laughs> you got a, you got a full meal right there. Um, I think it was eight episodes. Yeah, it's eight episodes. And so for the first three episodes, just as a quick non-spoiler little bite, I will say it completely changes, um, I'd say like narrative pacing shift in a way. Whereas I was expecting it to be like a, um, consistent this is going to happen in this episode, this is going to happen in this episode, you know, like, here's, here's a game, here's a game, here's a game, here's a game, it, 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 um, it definitely travels between the line of having almost like an interactive experience when you're watching this show, which is, it's fun to watch, um, but it's also becomes very visceral with the storyline of, uh, you know, how violent it can get. And so, um, anything else we need to discuss about this, um, uh, anything we need to discuss? Yeah, I thought the acting, um, works pretty well for me. Um, generally it's, 
it's a tad campy in a way as in they know it's kind of a rid ridiculous but it still works for me generally in that um with saying that in comparison to the other series of uh like sweet home i said i think this looks much more polished as a television show um so let me see what we have right here over here right now right here all right, so we are about to discuss the first episode. I'll probably discuss the first three episodes as a little chunk, and then we'll skip to the last episode just to kind of have, uh, just so that you know exactly what's going on. Um, okay, so this will contain spoilers for the first episode and, and the ones that we're discussing, and then we're going to jump into the final one. So I'll do my best to not jump too far in in and out of the different um in and out of the different uh episodes so that if you were watching this as you're or if you're listening to this or you're watching this as you're watching the series that you won't be spoiled on like uh episodes four or five and we're talking about episodes one or two so i'll do my best to refrain from that okay so the um i think the entire series is all written by shinsuke sato I don't know 100% about him, but I do know that this is based on the original graphic novel, Alice in Borderland. Um, the, like I said, the, that was based off the manga. Um, that is that is the manga series. And that was released between 2010 and 2015, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And there was an original video animation. Hmm. Didn't get to see that. Don't know what it is. But anyways. Alright, so let's talk about the roughly 40 minute to 50 minute television series, uh, television episodes. Um, okay, episode one. In Tokyo, video game obsessed Ari... Arisu hangs out with his friends Chota and Kurobi while dancing with them in the streets uh, of Shimbuya Crossing. Um, and the thing about like going to this uh, quote-unquote world, you know, Alice in Borderland in the in Tokyo, is um, having to be in the process of living in the current pandemic in the real world has made me want to watch more foreign stuff to almost vicariously live in these places for just a little bit you know it's kind of a way of traveling in a way that i've never really looked at in a serious manner um you know uh yeah sure uh ants uh, zmd sure thank you uh we can do a follow for follow just uh, shoot me a follow and i i got you man um let me see if i got this over here all right that should fix that um let me make sure I got all this. thank you thank you for following i appreciate it where is my thing thank you yeah i'll shoot you a follow Okay, so um, yeah, we are talking about Allison in uh, in Borderland for anybody that's uh, just joining in. Um, thank you for the follow. Um, I don't know where my uh, must have turned off the uh, 
the dancing thing, and or unless you saw it, y'all should have seen it. I don't know. Anyways, we're talking about Allison in Borderland. So, um, being able to watch like uh, whoops, foreign, being able to watch like foreign, um, you know, television shows such as Sweet Home on Netflix is uh, taking place in like Korea. They're not doing a lot of traveling in that, but it's still exciting to watch, um, kind of vicariously um, going in. Um, let me see. Can I follow? Um, um, let me see if I can go to anything right here. Uh, user actions. View info. Got you, bud. There you are. Just sent you a follow. Ants ZMD. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so, yeah, being able to vicariously live and go through these, um, you know, go through these, um, like, shows and kind of explore these different uh, places is really exciting. So, um, in Alice in Borderland, we get to vicariously live or go through, um, what's it called, uh, Tokyo. And so... Um, our main characters are dancing in the streets, which if, if no one's been in uh, Shibuya Crossing, which I have not been, but what it appears to be is like uh, like a Times Square type scenario. Like if you're in New York, it kind of looks like as busy as if Times Square was it. Yeah, no problem. I, uh, I appreciate you following, Ants. Um, uh, yeah, the um, entire crossing shibuya crossing these guys are just like you know living the dream and they're they're just having an amazing time and they are like dancing in the streets fucking cars everywhere almost get hit by a car shit like that and they run into a subway uh bathroom so they they don't piss anybody off or something like that so they run into a subway bathroom and then while hiding in the bathroom, the group reemerges to find the city completely empty at night. The group notices a billboard leading them to a game arena. And so they literally walk outside of this, uh, uh, what's it called? Like subway bathroom that they had been chased by, you know, random people that they had pissed off of dancing in the streets about, um, they walk outside and everybody in Tokyo is just fucking gone. Just like, oh my gosh, where the fuck did everybody go? And so uh, at, at that point, you're just like, okay. Um, I, I love the eeriness of it. It's kind of got that Twilight Zone feeling of how did this happen? Almost like you walked into another dimension. I've always been always been fascinated by that, uh, that, by that kind of concept and whatnot. Um, but let me see. All right. So uh, the group notices a billboard leading them to, to a quote-unquote game arena. Inside, the trio finds a stack full of phones, which uh, show them the game's difficulty level. Illustrated by a playing card. The group is also joined by a high school girl and another woman named Shibuki, who informs them that once a player enters an arena, they won't be allowed to leave as a laser will shoot them dead and it's a little bit unclear about where this laser is even like coming from like it's kind of like wait this this thing's coming back this late where this laser is coming from the sky like you're like looking around it's like it's like like fucking done i was just like 
what am I supposed to gain from this, like, god laser that's coming from out of the sky? Like, bzzz, like, is it a drone? Like, are they in a VR simulation? Like, what's what's happening? It's it got so many questions about this, like, random laser that comes from the sky. At the end of this episode, it's sort of explained that there's fucking lasers going all over the place of Tokyo. It is some, <clears throat> it's insanity. Sorry, I need some water. In their first game of Three of Clubs, difficulty level titled Dead or Alive, the group is forced to pick between two doors under a certain time limit, one containing an entrance to another room with the same choice and the other certain death. So this was like intense. Like at certain points, I feel like this show really thrives on the pacing and it's like, oh my gosh, we are about to die. In other scenarios, I felt like it was, <clears throat> to say the least, not as compelling. I don't really know exactly what's going on, but it's not like... If I knew that uh, a, a drone or something was above me, or I don't know, if something was uh, you know, following me with a laser, I would be just like constantly like, you know, can I get... Can I get out of the viewpoint of this like laser so I'm not just struck dead um, and not always thinking I'm going to constantly die? Um, most of the time, it feels like the pacing is at that level, but it generally feels like it's like that when they are doing the escape room. And so this is a pretty interesting way to do an escape room. And then at the very end of this, we have our main character, Ari, Ari, Arisu is basically found out to be like a genius. I mean, Arisu does like the calculation of his dad's car in front of the, the hotel, knows that it's the six, uh, same length of his dad's car, six blocks around, and he times it by four, multiply it by two, jump in another room, and you're good. It's, it's like, what? How did you get, <laughs> how did you get that, uh, assumption? I was like, uh, okay, that's, uh, not exactly, uh, easy for the, <laughs> um, the audience to understand. Like we were, how are we supposed to know? Like his dad's car, the length, the size of the building, like, like, okay. So this guy's clearly doing some almost magician level math or genius, genius level math. It's just like ridiculous. So in the end, only the original trio in Shibuki make it out alive, with uh, Chikota uh, leaving with an injured leg, leg outside the group is given individual visas, which are, the ex which are extended the more games they play and kills, kills them once they're expired. So basically these visas um, give them like certain give them longer give them a longer time to live and the more play the more you play your games the more time you get to live it's like wow this is pretty intense and this was something um that instantly hooked me and then i believe this is when we find out um at the very end of this episode is where we see all these fucking lasers coming from the side it's like bzz, bzz, 
bzz, and I gotta say the CGI, everything, the the direction and cinematography and the way this really looks and feels, it's it's uh kind of almost happy go lucky at times. I mean, they have this like uh, like music that they play that really makes you kind of bop to your head, but then other times there's like people being hunted or there's things happening that um you, you know with this laser coming out of the sky just craziness impossible things happening that are just like whoa that just uh, keep you on your toes and so that's where it's really impressive and then the other points i would say are just like there's pacing issues in some other parts of the the show um and maybe a little bit of a story um not hand-fistedness but um just conveniences in a way. So let's talk about episode two real quick. Um, after finding out there's no electricity, internet, or way to escape the abandoned city, Arisu and Kiribu, uh, Kiribu, Kiribuki? I forgot his name. I don't know. Kiribuki decide to um, participate in another game to extend their visas, um, leaving uh, Shibuki to tend to an injured Chikota. At another game arena located in uh, an apartment complex, the pair meet a large group of players, including a, a mysterious woman named Usagi, a strong man named Aguni, and a sly, quiet player named uh, Shishia. I think Shishina, Shishia. Oh God, I forgot his name too. I, it's been it's been a month or sorry a week since I've seen this guy. Sorry. Um, before beginning, Arisu uh, learns the meaning of each card. Spades correlate to the game of strength. Clubs are team battles. Diamonds are a battle of wits. And hearts correlate to games of betrayal. The, game, the current game, uh, a five of spades, difficult level titled Tag, follows the players hiding in a complex from a pair of brutal killers as they try to find a room that contains but a pair of buttons that will stop a bomb from exploding in the end most of the players manage to escape after Arisu, Chishia, and Usagi work together to find a room through Arisu uh, sorry though Arisu feels guilty later after he witnesses the execution of one of the killers so this was, uh, I am always a sucker for, uh, uh, like a killer coming through with, a uh, like an animal mask, like a horse mask with a face mask with a bird mask always creeps me the hell out. And if I ever do like, uh, if I ever direct something like that, I think that one of the killers in there has to have that shit. Cause it just like, it's just like, what is a horse coming to hunt me with a human body? And then next thing you know, it's, you know, it's like. Oh my Lanta. So I I am always fascinated by having, you know, that type of, uh, uh, what's it called? You know, that type of, uh, uh, threat. It always like throws me for a loop and it always freaks me out. I, I don't even know how to, how to explain it. So anyways, um, what else do we have to, so the thing is, this was a weird episode when it came to the sex and whatnot. I will say, 
there is uh like a ton of sexual nature type stuff happening in this episode. We're getting backstory of a little bit of Arisu, a little bit of Chakota, I, I think. Yeah, we get a little bit of Chakota, like his mother was like given to like the priest of their church or something. I, some weird funkiness, and he was like witness. He witnessed a little bit of it, I, a little bit too much, and then. I didn't really understand the reasoning for Shibuki to just lay with Chikoda, except for the fact of making it very sexual. I just was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's kind of edited and correlated with the hunting of our main characters, Arisu and Chikoda. Sorry, uh, uh, Karibu, Karibuki. Um, like they're being hunted by a horse guy uh sorry uh a person with a horse mask on while it's being smash cut in between um fucking Chikota and Shibuki you know getting it on like i was just like i don't see why i felt like the entire scene felt really sexual and then she started making a move and then for everything, all of this to happen, that we kind of feel like we're being invested in these characters for this longest time, and just a little bit of investment of the uh, Usagi character, and uh, like Aguni and uh, Chishia character, I felt like there was a lot of time dedicated to the... Uh, Choda and uh, Shibuki characters. I was just like, wow, this is. It, it made it that much more, I guess, like surprising that we lose these characters. Um, well, I, I now I'm kind of going into this uh, episode three. Let's go into episode three so we can talk about it. So, um, talking about you know how much investment we have with these characters, it's just impressive to see what they end up actually doing with them, you know. And so, um. Episode three, the following morning. Um, sorry, let me let me finish this. Um, in the end, most of the players managed to escape. Arisu, Shishia, and Yusagi work together to find a room. Um, and it is kind of like a little bit of, uh, what do you gotta say? Uh, a foreshadowing of who these characters are gonna be later in the um, in the show. And so, um, yeah, in the end, most of the players managed to escape they all work together to find a room though arisu feels uh arisu later feels guilty when he witnesses the execution of one of the killers the killers the killers we find out with the animal mask have these like necklaces on and a lot of this i i do appreciate this episode much more than i did the first time i watched it because after watching the entire series you understand how um these people are being forced to um hunt the other people so regardless if you're being hunted or uh being hunt uh or, or the hunted um or hunting or being hunted that you could possibly have one of those necklaces on and then boom and so um yeah he it, it is foreshadowing towards that um uh, caribou finds a radio telling him to return to the beach so that's kind of like setting up what's going to happen later down the road, the beach and everything like that. I have mixed feelings about what goes on at the be the beach, to be honest. I think I enjoyed 
what happens at the beach, but it gets just so radical and so crazy that some of the intensity of it is just like you're either with it or you're not. Um, the following morning, Caribou shows the rest of the group that he, he found during the game and the message he heard from it, realizing that Shibuki and Chikota only have until the end of the day to extend their visas. The entire group visits a botanical garden to extend their next game. Uh, uh, the only participants um, the, group, the group finds out that they have entered a Seven of Hearts difficulty level titled Hide and Seek, in which only one player manages to leave the garden alive. Which is like, holy shit, how are they going to figure their way out of this? Like, we need Arisu to have like a freaking Jimmy Neutron brain blast, like, to get us out of this shit. Like, this is some intense, intensity. So, um, let me see. Um, uh, uh, at the start of the game, the players are given facial recognition headsets and are assigned animals, with three of them being sheep and the fourth being a wolf. To play, a player uh, switches animals every time they lock eyes with another player, with the wolf at the end of the game winning the game. Sorry, with the wolf at the end winning the game. After a brawl, Arisu manages to become a wolf and he hides from the rest of the group who failed to find him using the headsets given to them at the start of the game. Um, so yeah, after the, the brawl that happens throughout this botanical garden scene is intense. He's, well, they have a, a big table full of saw like, tools and it's like choose your weapon and the enemies are literally all of your friends it's like fuck that that this would be the worst fucking game to ever have to play um if you were in this game this would be the this would be the absolute worst just go ahead strike me down like so Anybody that hasn't seen this, which I don't know why you haven't seen this and you're watching this this far, if you walk outside of the game, you will be struck by a fucking laser in the top of the head coming out of the fucking sky of who knows what. Um, so, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful when it comes to that. Um, let me see what we have. So, Arisu almost unfortunately becomes the wolf and what you find out is the wolf is not hide is is not is not um uh, hunting the sheep it's the wolf is hiding from the sheep and the sheep are trying to become the wolf and the wolf is the one that will not have their their head explode um which is fucking intense and so half the time chibuki and choda or or caribou uh, Kabuki or whatever his name is, all of the caribou, all of the I'm fucking all the names up now. <laughs> all all of them are basically fighting one another. I mean, Shibuki was the first one to just she she got the um she locked eyes with whoever was the wolf first. I think it was Arisu. She took the wolf status, and then she's like, "I'm sorry, I gotta get out of here," and she fucking spazzes. <laughs> and like when she's doing that, it's like. Wait, I thought she was going to be a main character. I mean, she she clearly was looking out for herself for the majority of the time. I and mean, we have random flashbacks of her having sex with her boss, and then she's she's doing what she can to she can to ha you know make her way to the top kind of thing. But a lot of sexual stuff happening with this chick, and then she gets mad that uh, 
Choda ends up like tackling her his ass with his like broke ass, burnt ass leg. It's just like God dang, and he's like fucking choking his. I was like, what is going on? And then um, Caribou is like gonna like beat the hell out of um. I, like there was like some crazy violence against this chick. I was like, I didn't know if this was all necessary. Like y'all didn't have to do it like that. But um, Arisu ends up becoming the wolf, and he's just like, oh my god, like spazzing out, like he can't like deal with this, and he's like trying to give the um, he's like, uh, he runs and he tries to like undo the the explosion thing that's on his neck, and if it's like it's like five, four, three, you know, it's gonna explode in like ten seconds, and he has to lock eyes with someone else so that they become the wolf, and that he you know ends up. Expl- not ends up exploding he didn't want to be the wolf and be the only guy left um but you know caribou is just like smoking his last sig and we fucking choda and damn shibuki i think just come to come to realization that they're like well fuck it you know um but yeah i would be doing everything i could to get this thing off like if your head's gonna explode anyway it's like you might as well get it off so I was just like, oh my gosh, and then so it's crazy. Arisu's like running to Caribou's like Caribou, and he he tries to lock eyes with them, and Caribou's just kind of looking up and just like, Poof. I was just like, wow. And then it flashes over to uh, his friends, uh, you know, Shibuki and um, Choda, fucking done, dead. Like I was. I was pretty damn shocked. I was like, they just killed like, f- like four, well, three out of the four main characters of the cast. Like, holy Santa Claus that we've invested almost two hours with. Sweet God dang. And so it did make me think that we're going to have a lot more. Um, We're going to have a lot more. Usagi and of these other characters in this that we met in episode two so that was the thing I was just like I could not believe the 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 boldness of this television show that we would invest that much time uh, sorry to like was it an hour and a half almost with these characters and the main characters end up just like exploding so it's like Arisu manages to become the wolf and he hides from the rest of the group who fail to find him. Using their headsets given to them at the start of the game, the group decide to spend their last moments chattering about their friendship and the end only Arisu makes it out alive. There is... I I do feel like they are like great friends at the beginning of this uh, series. I do feel like some of the backstory with them just saying you, you remember when choda was having noodles and it came out of his nose and it was just like what and, and then they're all like having these memories and stuff like that it was uh i don't know i think it's gonna work for some people more than others i'm kind of uh i don't know i guess it depends on the situation sometimes i can be i can be more critical about it than others just like having random flashbacks as a way for you to care about people right before something terrible happens to them. Um, it, you know, it, it, it can really, it, it, it varies. Mileage, my may mileage, my vary. I don't know why I just talked in an Australian accent. Um, <laughs> so anyways, they end up going to the beach. They're finding out all about the stuff at the beach. 
it was a little bit predictable how um, this group of militant groups, this militant group was taking over the, um, that they were able to take over the beach. I mean, they have the firepower. So basically, um, they, you know, they meet this guy named the Hatter, which is actually, uh, he used to be a guy that worked in, I guess that's, are, are, is that what you call people that give you hats? Like, size you up for hats? You call him a Hatter? I, I have no idea. So, anyways, the, um, yeah, the, the craziness ends up ensuing after they, they go to the beach. I feel like there's maybe one or two episodes of just, like, understanding that this is not the utopia that you think it is, um, and that shit is going to hit the fan. One of the most interesting parts about the, um, let me see the last episodes I think are how they're able to kind of explain all the backstories of a lot of these militant groups and stuff like that. Some of them have to do with, you know, like, um, what's his face? Uh, the Hatter's best, best dude, Aguni. Like, um, like I, I really thought that there's some pretty good stuff with understanding, um, their backstory and that, some of them are not exactly in the place that they thought they would be. And, um, you know, a little bit more self-reflective. I will say, I'm not sure if this, if this series really has all that much to say when it comes down to, I, I like tonal themal stuff, like, like good will prevail or like you're stronger together or I, you know, some like overarching message or something like that a little bit more it's 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 so story story based and what each individual person is kind of going through i don't feel like there's really an overarching thing although um you know maybe stronger together kind of thing maybe if someone has like a, a theme or a tonal um aspect to this alice and porterling show then let me know let's hop into the <clears throat> the final episode where things just get absolutely insane it turned into insanity in a flashback momika wanders through this empty city with her friend ashi recording videos with her working phone and the present arisu confronts aguni who tells the rest of the group that he's the witch but that his victim was not Momika, but Hatter, who is revealed to have been his best friend, who he shot in defense, in self-defense. Hatter was actually trying to shoot a goonie at that time, um, What is what it looked like. Arisu concludes that a goonie is not actually the witch, but it is Momika, who had killed herself at the start of the game. As Aguni attempts to kill uh, Niragi, the remaining players throw Momoka into the bonfire, winning the game. As everyone leaves the burning hotel, Shisha, uh, Shishia collects the final card. The next day, Arisu and Usa uh, Usagi watched several videos recorded by Asani. Sorry, Asai. 
who had died during the game. Sorry, I, I don't know why I just paused it on. In them, Asai and Momika reveal that they're, de they're dealers playing... Sorry, players who organize games to extend their visas. In one video, the pair visit an underground lair with quote-unquote game masters. Arisu and Usagi manage to locate the lair only to find a pile of executed quote-unquote game masters. And Chishia and uh, Kunia, who reveal the game masters, were actually players. A woman named Myra appears who introduces a new set of games to collect face cards and then you see all these giant face cards all across the city um okay so this is when it kind of just like uh i think it jumps the shark a little bit when the entire there's so much killing in this fucking show like just senseless mowing down of people with guns it was really hard to kind of get on board a hundred percent with that um like Tokyo has absolutely no problem like the states do when it comes to gun violence. And so they're just showing tons of people just getting mowed down. It's it's kind of disturbing in a way. Um, but I will say if you can get over the fact that, you know, it's not real, it's just entertainment kind of thing, then, yeah, you can continue and watch it. But then once you figure out the, this entire beach hotel or place that, you know, the Hatter wanted to really call a utopia it was not it was going to be anything but a utopia it became basically a slaughtering ground for all of the militant groups and they're just they're sniping people they're shooting people they're they're hunting people down the hallways and shit like that it's it's quite disturbing to be honest and I'm, like the more i talk about it, it's like, ugh, it it was a lot a lot a lot of killing and i don't have a problem with actual killing in you know movies and television shows it's just the fact is you know, just seeing all these people mowed down, it's like, oh my god, for nothing, it feels like. And so, um, yeah, they're all, the militant group is just trying to find all these people, you know, find the witch. And, uh, yeah, we do get backstories of all these kind of crazy characters, the militant group. The, we find out the writer that became like a samurai guy that shaved his head and put all this eyeliner on, and you're, you know, hitting that, hitting that look, uh, and there's like some pretty badass action. I say I got to say this is probably some better action than I've seen, and uh, some television shows in a while. Can't really think of anything that really compares and in comparison at this time. But uh, I, I was just like, this is intense. And so um, yeah, we get the backstories of you know uh, the. I think he was the writer. Doesn't the daughter or something fight the writer who said? that her father's that her father went missing or something like that that his father sorry she was fighting the writer that had said terrible things about her father in the news and then on the newspaper and then that that type of thing it, it was like wow this is uh this is pretty intense to you know kind of go back on and all that and give all these people backstory i was like okay and they have some just crazy action to go along with it and you know pretty pretty uh pretty well choreographed and stuff like that so i didn't have any complaints on there i, I was very entertained and we had the uh, you know pretty pulse pounding music as well i will say like i think it was episodes like six and seven we have our main character like arisu is essentially like tied up over half the time and uh is it usagi the 
uh, one of the main female characters she's like being like assault like sexually assaulted by um niragi i think his name is and we find out later that he was a nerd that was beat up back in the day once again some kind i gotta say it's sort of cheap um flashbacks in a way but it's like all right we, we don't have time to give everybody a flashback i guess i i guess i kind of think they would have been benefited if they had like a an a one episode that based themselves all on the militant group i think that probably would have been beneficial a little bit um and then like chishia he is wishy-washy throughout this entire episode sorry this entire season um kind of looks like link to be honest you know from uh legend of zelda and stuff like that i don't know but he needs to play him anyways um yeah i will say he's really calm cool and collective um but overall i was just like i don't trust this guy so anyways um anything else we have to do to wrap this television series up there's tons of alice in wonderland um like small easter egg kind of things i'm sure there's things i missed that have to do with the uh uh the face cards and um you know the actual what was it called the actual manga series i'm sure there's easter eggs in between there i've not checked out the graphic novel or anything like that so um uh, you know shinsuke sato yasaki yasuko kuramitsu and shishiki wantabi watabi all very excellent i and I really enjoyed the majority of the casting. I, you know, the bad guys played the bad guys. The good guys played the good guys. Um, some of the sexualization of the women. Like, I felt like there was a lot of... Um, I don't know. There was a lot of sexualized nature. Just sexualized uh, cinematography. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I was just noticing a lot of ass shots and a lot of uh you know things that noticeably were more sexualized than not 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 criticizing for it but i was just like this is very sexual it's very violent it's a very um that kind of television show um i like the guy that played the hatter he was he was pretty uh interesting to watch and and i really enjoyed the Honestly, I do think the casting was really good. To be honest, I watched, I watched it with dubs, and subs, sub, like subtitles and a you know dub over. Some of the dubs not are not as good as others, um, and it's not gonna land with everybody. If you can't get over the dubs, and I you know that's probably the first problem for you. Um, but I I was able to uh, kind of uh, just get. In, ingrained in this world i was like oh my gosh you know this is a pretty crazy concept my biggest complaint would be just like i didn't feel like they always felt like the pacing was was uh like up to par i i always felt like the pacing was um kind of hit or miss to be honest so um yeah let me see what we got anything else i think this is about it for the alice in borderland television series review thank you for listening watching Luggedal podcast let me know how I can improve the podcast. I know I had a couple things uh, going on throughout this podcast that um, 
since we were recording live, you know, it doesn't always happen perfectly, but I hope, hopefully that you enjoyed this podcast. Let me know how I can improve and stick around for more podcasts. We have uh, the top 10 movies of 2020 coming down the tube. I wanted to make sure that I watched the majority of 2020 movies that, uh, you know, I, I thought might make it on the screen or sorry, might make it on my uh, top 10. And I was actually right. So um, a couple good reviews coming down the pipe. Plus, um, we've already reviewed Sweet Home on Netflix, another uh, Netflix series and uh, Palm Springs, which is on Hulu. So. Thank you for listening, watching Luck It All Podcast. Let me know how I can improve. Be sure to check out the Patreon. You can donate on PayPal. You can check all of this out. This is going to be, uh, it's already its already live on Twitch. You will get it uh, mastered on Patreon, SoundCloud. You can watch it on YouTube. You can do it, all the fun stuff. Support in your own way. Five stars on iTunes. Be sure to follow AntsZMD212. Thank you for the follow. Um, Gavin, Darren, thank you for stopping by. Thank you all for um, listening to the podcast. Let me know how I can improve and take it easy.